My dear friend Blair would um, seek me out in one or another of our church buildings, sometimes up the Hill West campus, but usually here, stooped under the weight of his pain, looking years older than he was, lined with wrinkles and marks, not of age, but of fight, scraping and crawling just to survive and get by. And he never shared his full story with me. I, I think it was just laced with too many agonizing layers of bad memories and broken dreams. I love this man, and as I say this, I am, I am struck by the depth of how much I miss him. Blair knew Jesus, though, and while he wondered about all kinds of things in his life, he never wondered about Jesus. I'd give him a bag of groceries or a supermarket gift card, and we'd talk and laugh and pray, and then he'd go on his way in that one day at a time kind of way. He lived not around goals and dreams, mostly because he didn't believe that that could ever be him again. But he was always armed with a smile, and he always had some kind of corny joke. We did this a few times, he and I, and I always looked forward to the next time I'd see him come back here in this building upstairs. We'd always hang out by uh, where the old reception area used to be. Kind of a home to him, a place of his own, as strange as it seems. Life and ministry are busy with the beloved, with the work we do, so I didn't have much time to ponder the time it had been since Blair's last visit. But I did think of him here and there, and I wondered where he was and how he was doing. One afternoon, another man came to me, and he asked for Pastor Steve, and he asked if we could talk, and we sat down together, the small table between us, causing him a lot of discomfort, it seemed. And he told me he was Blair's older brother. He came to tell me Blair had passed away in his apartment, and he'd been there for some days, because men like Blair, they don't really have any friends, and they don't have a place. Not really. And he told me how Blair had talked of me in Center Street Church and how Center Street Church was a home to him and a community to him. And he never even attended one single service here. And he'd been humbled by my friendship. And as Blair's brother and I shared a long prayer of memory, I teared up at the loss. I felt that my heart had been seared by the goodness and simplicity of this one dear man. And I felt that I knew what it was to stand on holy ground in this place and in this city. Good morning or good evening. We want to welcome you to Global Ministries Weekend where we want to spend some time together thinking about what it is to be for the city. And I want to thank you for joining us on Thanksgiving weekend. And you know what? We have so much to be thankful for in the cities that we serve, in Calgary and Airdrie. And we want to welcome you as you join us online as well. I also want to welcome my friend Catherine on stage with me. And, and we're going to share a little bit together uh, very shortly. This evening, as we focus on what it means to be for the city, we want to be thinking in four directions. All P words, because I think sometimes when we do that, it makes it easier. I want to talk about place. I want to talk about prayer. I want to talk about people. And I want to talk about this word that we hear these days, the word pivot. And I'll unfold these as we go. But two encouragements as we begin. This message throughout is about simplicity. And I want you to know that being for this city can be simpler than you ever imagined. 
And I have a suggestion for you to walk through this service. This is the second thing, seeking to hear how God would have you be a neighbor right where you live. So would you do, do me a favor and pray in that way. Be praying for your own neighborhood as we walk through this message and your own neighbors. Let's pray. Father God, I just, I, I'm so grateful for this uh, Global Ministry Weekend. I'm grateful for Thanksgiving, and we have so much to be thankful for. And Father God, we are thankful for our cities. We are thankful for the opportunity we have in these, the, the great opportunities we have and the opportunities we have to reach out and to bless others, to be a neighbor to others, to love others in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father God, I pray as we walk through this message uh, this evening that, Father God, you would um, just bless and really point us towards who you would want us to be thinking of. In your name we pray. Amen. Here at Center Street Church, we've engaged in a build construction campaign, building more room for God. And what God wants to do with people in buildings, and we want to highlight that phrase, don't we? People in buildings. And this has led to the exciting completion of Bears Paw Campus and the ongoing journey of building more room here at Central for children and special needs folks and for our upcoming Center for the City, which will initially provide room for compassionate ministries that I'm involved in and the new Canadian Friendship Center where Catherine is involved. And when we talk about what it means to be for the city, the first thing is being for the city means being for the people who have a need for place and belonging. The two ministry areas comprising Center for the City are really about building a place for people who are quite literally, in many cases, starving. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, for a place of belonging. Catherine, manager of NCFC, and I co-labor in this together. NCFC working with New Canadians and Compassionate Ministries working with folks in poverty. And so, Catherine, one question as we begin, why is it so important for the people you work with and serve to have a place to belong? Yeah, so when immigrants are uprooted from their original place of belonging, they're essentially starting all over in a new place. And this is especially true in the case of refugees, where that happens very suddenly. And um, it's not something they've chosen, it's been forced on them. And so that place of belonging has been really torn away from them. And so often they're not only navigating all these brand new, you know, language, social, um, education, uh, legal systems in Canada, but they're doing it feeling really alone. And so that's why at the New Canadian Friendship Centre, one of our values is to create this place of uh, belonging, where they're wanted, they're valued, they're loved. Um, their names and their stories are known to us. Mm. We had a refugee from Venezuela um, who came an hour and a half on transit over four bus connections um, every day that we were open uh, for about an hour and a half to two hour class. Um, she did this, this faithfully, even on the coldest, of winter days. Um, she put us Canadians to shame with her persistence uh, because she said, I have to come. This is my family. You're my family. She did it not just for the English classes, um, but she did it because of that sense of belonging and connection that she felt every day when she walked through our doors. And that sense of belonging was so critical in helping her in that, those initial really difficult days of adjustment. Times of change and um, uprootedness are also times of openness. There are spaces in our lives where God can step in. And so providing that physical space of belonging, it can be the first step towards somebody finding spiritual belonging in God's family. Mm, wow. 
It, it really is about belonging, isn't it? Uh, Psalm 107 verses 4 to 7 says this. Some of us once wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads with no true direction or dwelling place. Starving, thirsting, staggering, we became desperate and filled with despair. And then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. He led us right into a place of safety and abundance, a suitable city to dwell in. Yeah, Steve, you've talked about the center for the city, uh, which will continue to be built over these next few years. And what we've uh, been hearing is that this whole project is not about buildings, it's about people. Um, and so the Center for City will be a place of welcome and community, and as you said, um, a critical place for belonging. Um, but in thinking about what it means to be for the city, what about those people who don't have that space of belonging? What about them? Yeah, you know, exactly, Catherine. So what is being built needs to reps, represent something both here in this building and beyond here, something for the city. So it represents what it is for each of us to be a place of change in the name of Jesus within neighborhoods. And we, in fact, become a place as we reach out to Calgarians of all backgrounds and folks in Airdrie as we live out in streets and with neighbors, talking to them about Jesus, offering hope, refuge, and peace in his name. And as incredible as it seems, we all have a part in transforming this city in neighborhoods. Psalm 107 also has the call. He raises up the poor and lowly. He gives them a safe place to live where no one can touch them. God will grant them a large family and bless them. Catherine, we want to thank you for, for joining me here on stage. Thank you. This evening. Yeah. Thank you, yes. So firstly, being for the city means being for people who may have a need uh, or who do have a need for uh, place and belonging. And being for the city means praying for our city. Jesus asks a question in the Gospel of Matthew, and it speaks to light and hope and what can be new. Pastor Ashwin spoke on this scripture last week, and the question is, how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And prayer has a power, and prayer really and truly is that of change. And I put it that way because it's one of the, uh, one of the things that Christians often say, that prayer changes things, but here's Here's the rub. Do we believe that? Do we practice it? Being for the city means that we are a people of prayer, and this then must take the hidden, hiddenness of a city and any sense of hopelessness that exists, and we must highlight its beauty. Because in fact, there is much that is beautiful about our cities, and I'm talking about people. Raising this beauty in God's love is like a beacon on a hilltop and we raise it in that way through prayer. It's, uh, it's, sometimes what you're, it's sometimes funny what you remember. And scripture talks about words that are fitly spoken. But there's also words that aren't so fitly spoken. And those, those are the things sometimes that stick with you. And I remember some years ago a Calgary Transit driver telling me that this city had a dark underbelly. And he said there is a darkness that hides in this city. And he said sometimes he dreaded evenings driving the streets of Calgary. And we come again to this focus on prayer. And I ask you what it is to live a life for the city where we know prayer has the power to change absolutely everything. It is a power that moves a city from something hidden to something heart transforming. 
And you place this faith on a hill for all to see. And you do it through prayer. Fact is, the most wonderful things start with the smallest intent, and that intent and belief in faith grows, and it becomes absolutely monumental. Prayer can be a movement, and the more we pray for leaders, for citizens, for God's love, for change, the more we are for the city and its goodness in the name of Jesus for all people and their welfare and for their joy here in this city and for eternity. Musician Toby Mack, actually I met him in the stage right behind here, just right behind the stage if you're interested in that, some years ago. But he wrote this. He said, if you've got to start somewhere, why not here? If you've got to start sometime, why not now? If we've got to start somewhere, I say here. If we've got to start sometime, I say now. Through the fog, there is hope in the distance. From cathedrals to third world missions, Love will fall to the earth like a crashing wave. Tonight's the night for the sinners and the saints. Two worlds collide in a beautiful display. It's all love tonight when we step across the line. We can sail across the sea to a city with one king. A city on our knees. If you go to the CSC website, you can also see a movement of a different type in prayer. And we've been encouraging each other to uh, before our city as we pray walk. And you, you, I'm sure, have heard of that at different times. In neighborhoods, communities, as we talk with people we meet in the city at the grocery store. The practical steps we're suggesting here are designed to be simple steps. Things you can do to make a difference as you pray and serve for the city. And if you haven't had a chance to kind of connect with that and and put your, your daughter on the map, you can go to cschurch.ca slash prayerwalk, and you'll find that there. As we began this message, there was a suggestion to already, at its very beginning, be praying for God to help you think of and find the simple things that you can do for your city, the people you might meet, and the small ways that you can serve, the prayers at stoplights you can utter. How about this? Instead of honking your horn, pray. Simplicity is one of our key pursuits at CSC. And I encourage you to find a simple thing you can do that in your own estimation makes a difference. I love this crazy story I heard of a guy one time here in the city, here in Calgary. And, and I always wish that I had met him. I, I heard this a few years ago. And he wanted to be a man of prayer for the city. But he didn't really know how to put into words the heartbeat of wanting to make a difference. So he decided to do something to serve in his own way that would make a noise for Jesus. That would make a difference. To worship God in a different way. To offer prayers of action. So this is what he did. He went to Walmart and he bought some pails and he bought some scrub brushes. And he made a list of gas stations uh, in, the, in the city of Calgary. And he went into gas station after gas station. And he asked the operators there if he could clean their toilets for free. As he did this, he sang worship songs and prayed for the station owners, for people who had used the washrooms, for God to make a difference for the city. They thought he was out of his mind, most of these gas station people. But he didn't care because it led to some amazing conversations and even sometimes to put his hand on the shoulder of people in tears because they never had anybody else do two things for them. They never had anybody clean a, toilet, uh, a dirty toilet for free. 
and they never had someone pray for them. In one translation of Galatians 6.13, it says, freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another expressing love in all we do. Yeah, and I like this wording because I think freedom and a lack of self-indulgence finds its source in prayer. We put aside our own needs and agenda even for a time, and we consider what is around us, great needs, deep hurts, and a city so much in need of prayer. One more aspect of this I want to share, which is, which is critical. Prayer flows out of a context of faith. A faith and belief in its power for the city and for our lives and for the kingdom. Center Street Church was built on prayer and we are a praying church and a church built on faith in God to make an impact in our world for Jesus Christ. In the next two weeks, Pastor Henry will be speaking a message of vision where CSE's faith goals will be introduced. Goals of seeing people come to Jesus. Goals of community. Goals of what it is to follow Jesus and engage that of discipleship. Please prepare your hearts for this, for our city, for our world, for our lives, for our church. Being for the city means being for the people, firstly. Secondly, being for the city means praying for the city. And being for the city means trusting God to lead you to your people. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we keep living in the pure light that surrounds Jesus, we share unbroken fellowship with one another. Being for the city recognizes that people need a place. Being for the city means that people in our city and our city itself needs prayer. And if we're for the city, we then need to find our people. In non-COVID times, uh, that is a time we all long for, I know, uh, in Compassion Ministries, we ran a drop-in cafe for marginalized folk, and we'd see about 100 people on a Monday night come, and they'd come for food and conversation, and we'd talk to them about Jesus. And one night, a woman shows up. She's a CSC attender, and she has a plate of brownies. And she baked the brownies that afternoon, and she said that God told her to bring these brownies to our cafe called The Well, because that is where she would find her people. She was not one of our volunteers, and we'd never met her or heard of her before, but she had this desire to find the people that she was to minister to and love. And they did. Those we served became her and her husband's people in dramatic and, and beautiful ways. Here's the next simple suggestion. Being for the city means finding your person, your friend, your neighbor, your people. It may not be quite as directive and clear as our story of a woman with a plate of brownies, although it could be. Or it may be someone as close as next door. And the only problem is you just haven't met them yet. This isn't a romance illustration, but my wife and I love the music of Michael Buble. And he has this song, which isn't quite what we mean, but it still makes a point. And it's titled, I Just Haven't Met You Yet. And it's for this woman, this elusive woman that he's looking for. I asked back in the teams if they could sing it, and you know what? They turned me down flat. But can you believe that? But there it is, your people, your person. You don't know, but God does. Perhaps you just haven't met them yet. Let me explain this in a different way. If you've been around CSC for a bit, you may have heard us talk about a person of peace or 
people of peace. And this term is drawn from the Gospels. And it's Jesus' instruction to the disciples to focus especially in their ministry on people who are open and seeking and not hostile to the gospel. In another way, while our hearts for the city go to everyone in need because every one of us needs the Lord, it is absolutely acceptable and appropriate to be looking for our people. A person on our street or someone we keep running into or a group of people that we have come to know and love and care for. And we slowly begin to look at them as our people, the ones we would just love to introduce to Jesus. The following story shows how God truly is always at work with people in ways that we least expect. Sally had a neighbor who rented a part of a house that Sally was also a renter in. And the neighbor's name was Betty. And the fact is, Betty was the grumpiest person alive, according to Sally's estimation. Betty seemed incapable of a kind word or a positive disposition, but Sally loved Jesus, and she was in fact for the city and for her neighborhood, and she would not give up no matter what. She loved Betty, and she prayed for her, and she brought her gifts and groceries and showed her the love of a genuine neighbor. And yes, Betty, after years, you guessed it, came to Jesus Christ. And so this message and encouragement, it's for all of us who have this desire to make a difference of the life of even one person in this city. To learn who they are, to seek to understand how to walk with them, how to be a friend in this pathway where our neighbors are seeking more in their lives and that more is an end to soul-crushing loneliness. And I can tell you, as pastor of Compassionate Ministries, I have talked to lots of people who are suffering from soul-crushing loneliness. And finding someone with the compassion to simply reach out. That is what people are looking for. Think about compassion for a moment. What compassion meant to Jesus was that everyone he saw, touched, healed, and loved had a life-changing opportunity to be seen, welcomed, and embraced by the Father. Everyone. With a heart of compassion, he saw what it could mean if they, the poor, the foreigners, lonely, heartbroken, actually thought God was for them. How hearts could be healed and opened with the knowledge that there was once and for all a place of belonging. Again, simply on a very practical, experiential level, each one of us can then make the choice to walk alongside another human being investing in and engaging with the story of another's hurt and striving for hope. So here's the vision that I'm talking about. And the vision here is that we can be for people anywhere in this city. And so we become a spark or a catalyst for the church in our own neighborhood. We become a church without walls. And this is so exciting, the movement of our congregation. Think of it, going out into every corner of our city, aware and open and on the lookout for those around us who we may not know personally yet, but who are people of peace God is bringing to us. People looking for a kind word, a warm smile, or maybe even a cup of coffee or tea. So firstly, being for the city means being for the people and people that need a place. Secondly, being for the city means praying for the city. Thirdly, being for the city means I'm believing God in faith to lead me to my people. 
And fourthly, being for the city means learning how to pivot to God's leading. Romans 12 verse 13 says this, Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. Here we move to the most critical next steps, and the P word is the word pivot. It's a word we hear a lot during COVID, and and it essentially means this, or it's about this. We're living in a current time in our city and world where some previous things we'd expected or ways in which we used to live have changed, and we have had to change with them. Pivot is a word used where we change our direction, our outlook, and we begin to do things a bit differently, sometimes because we don't have any choice. I recently wrote in a book which essentially has this theme. You can only walk with someone once you understand who they are and where they come from. And when we're talking about being for the city through our care and investment uh, with those around us, we're talking about what it is to walk with those that God calls us to. And this walk, this investment is what it is to pivot. I want to invite you now to watch an exciting video that talks about uh, what it is to be in action for the city and what it is to pivot. Just watch this up here. I am for the city. I am for the city. I am for the city. We are for the city. Center Street Church is for the city. What does it mean to be a church for the city? Not a church that just lives in its buildings, but lives in its friendships, communities, neighborhoods, workplaces, and schools. A church that's there for people in need. A church that isn't just active one day of the week, but every day. What does it mean to be for the city? So we're just talking about what it means to be for the city, a, a church that's not just for ourselves. To me, it means to love our neighbors. Uh, by loving people. You know, the basic thing I think is kindness. Get out in your neighborhood, knock on the doors, invite people over. This afternoon, we have a community barbecue. Everybody looks forward to it. We have people asking us from the community, when is the barbecue happening and what's going on? I have a snowblower I got given by my wife when she thought I was going to die of a heart attack, and so I snowblow up and down our street. So it's just like, hey, do you need a ride to the grocery store? That kind of thing. And then you can just have a conversation, and if Christ comes out, there's your open door. Reaching out to our neighbors, building those relationships, finding what really matters to them, being there for them with their ups and their downs, I think, I think that is what we can do as people. After hearing a sermon, April and Vern were inspired to be for their city by reaching out and building friendships with their neighbors. One thing that motivated us to move here was that Pastor Ashwin was speaking about how God had brought the mission field to us. And we were excited by being able to be around people who were from all over the world. It's just been a real pleasure to get to know people from many different uh, parts of the world. We've tried to use just food as a way to connect. One year for the uh, important Muslim holiday Ramadan, I made some healthy muffins using halal ingredients. Yeah, I just delivered it to several of my Muslim neighbors' doors. They were so appreciative and some even sent food back. Our kids have actually become friends with a lot of the kids. You can see the basketball court and just down the street and there can be often, you know, 10 kids playing there, having a great time. We actually started to feel like our neighbors were our friends. And they actually tell their relatives in Pakistan that we're like family. So we're pretty humbled and honored by that. Great. We, we are, are for, for the, the city. city. Why is it important for us to be for the city? 
because if we're not, then we're just for ourselves. We're called to serve everybody, no matter who they are, and to be selfless in our actions. If you think of the city as maybe a place where there might be darkness, the church would be a lighthouse. How do we be Jesus to our city? And what do they need? Or let's, let's give of everything that's not really ours anyways to those around us. If you're investing in somebody's life and you're giving up their time, not only is that a love language, it's showing that you care about them. When Brenda retired, she was determined to be God's hands and feet, both inside the church and outside. So I volunteer in three kind of areas. Um, the first one is within the church. The second area is what I refer to as kind of a bridge between the church and new immigrants. I'm an ESL teacher at the New Canadian Friendship Centre. And then the third area is I volunteer right now at this school, Citadel Park School, where I'm a reading tutor. Because it's a public school, I can't talk about God to my students, but I try to show them through my actions that I, I care about them and I care about their learning. And one little girl in particular used to come to me, she'd be in tears all the time because she had the belief that she was a bad reader, she couldn't read. I took a lot of time with her to, to encourage her and build her up. At the end of the term, when I, with this little girl, um, there weren't tears about her reading. She started to cry and, and wanted me to come to her home so that she could have me as her tutor over the summer um, and just continue to help her. Um, but she's on my heart and I pray for her all the time. I have really recognized that God wants me to be his hands and feet. And that's really the motto that I live by today. I am for the city. Our God cares deeply for our city and wants us to share his love throughout it. Center Street Church is for our city. Brenda is for our city. April and Vern are for our city. What does it mean for you to be for our city? I am for the city. I am for the city. We, we are for, for the, the city. city. I am for the city. Center Street Church is for the city. Center Street Church is for the city. We're for the city. <laughs> Center Street Church is for the city. Yeah, that's great. Mm. What a great video. As we think about, uh, as we think about the stories from that video, the examples there. Our, our we have our own personal next step, and that is, what does it look like to love someone else by seeking to understand in order to make a difference in someone's life? At Compassion Ministries and the New Canadian Friendship Centre, both ministry areas, as we mentioned, of Centre Street Church's Centre for the City, we literally walk a journey with marginalized people and new Canadians as they come to us for relationship, welcome and belonging, and the outcome is they are surrounded with the love of a church offering hope. Friends, this is the next step. And your pivot could be to walk in love with someone in your world who God is highlighting as needing someone else, needing you. And yes, it can be a simple step to begin, but also walking with someone else, understanding them, loving them, may push your comfort zone just, just a little bit because that does take Sometimes also a little bit of work. But it's what it is to be for the city. And what it is what it is in the name of Jesus to love, care, and walk with someone else. How do we as individuals impact, influence our own parts of the city for Jesus? If we are for the city, we do highlight for ourselves this missional next step. And that is an easy question to ask, but a little harder to do 
What does it take for me to be a genuine neighbor for someone I meet, someone on my street, someone at the grocery store, wherever that is? The key for us in this entire message and idea is that if you're for the city, you are for the people in this city. And maybe you need to ask, who is my person of peace and how do I become their neighbor? And yet here's the thing. Maybe we, we honestly, you're sitting here and you're saying, well, I, I don't really know how to do that. Um, maybe I'm a little bit afraid of it. But we recognize that we also love Jesus. And we can see that being for the city must involve this, our neighbors, our streets, our communities. Well, there is a call to action and a takeaway here. But remember, we're looking for simple ways. And I want you to walk out of here today and go, oh, wow, yeah, there's one or two simple things I can do to make that difference. And the question is, how do we impact our own parts of the city for God's kingdom? The fact is, no one in the world will send someone to your neighbor. It is up to you to consider what it means to be a genuine neighbor. So we're all changed as we believe we have a part in transforming this city through the people that we meet. So here's some takeaway questions for you to be praying through and, and take with you as you go this evening. Are you for the city? Who's your person of peace? You cannot walk with a person until you understand them when you simply become their friend. Who is that person who needs you to be their friend? What then becomes the next step for you? Is God bringing the face and heart and life of someone to your mind right now? Remember, I asked you to pray throughout this message, and, and maybe there is someone, oh, you're, you're picturing a house, or you're picturing the face of someone and saying, wow, I, I really could be a friend to them, I think. Every weekend, we ask these important questions. What is God saying to you, and what are you going to do about it? And we ask the same question here this evening. And we ask you to be prayerfully thinking that as, uh, as you move forward. God bless you. What a great time together as we celebrate not only what we can be thankful for, what God has blessed us with, but how we can be in our lives beyond ourselves and actually for others, for our cities and our cities around the world. Remember, if you have an idea, if the Lord was leading you to something, we would love to celebrate with you. You can text for the city to 403-293-3900 because we want to celebrate what God is moving in you. But if you need to process what he's saying or if you need prayer for anything else, we want to ask you to join us in prayer. At each one of our locations, we will have prayer partners. And if you're online, we have prayer partners available through our chat line. Well, today we want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us to be for the city. As you leave today, may God bless you and give you everything you need to be, his hands, his feet, his loving smile, and his gift to this city. May he bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for coming. You're dismissed.